James, that's Katie, and of course, that makes this episode 53 of the Circles and Squares PlayStation podcast. Um, and Kate, you know what? We usually start the show off with housekeeping, but we got to skip that for an immediate segment within a segment. It's the official Circles and Squares Elden Ring check-in. Uh, I think it's the second time we've talked about it on the show officially now. So how's your Elden Ring experience? And how are you, by the way? Welcome to the show. Thank you. It's nice to be here as always. Um, my answer kind of, it's a two-part. How am I and how's Elden Ring? So I spent the weekend homesick, uh, recording this on Sunday evening. So Saturday, Sunday, I've been, you know, doing the whole wearing my comfy, just like drinking lots of tea, hanging out at home, canceling my plans, um, which sounds like a, a negative. However, <laughs> I've played a lot of Elden Ring because, <laughs> hey, I don't have to work out. I don't have to like, you know, do all these errands. I'm just going to sit at my computer <laughs> and play Elden Ring. And honestly, being sick is not too bad. Not too bad in 2022 and you can play uh, yeah. when you can play. That's true. And you can play Elden Ring. Yeah. Um, it, it's been amazing. I beat Radan this morning. Okay, so I've heard that's um, quite an accomplishment. I am, I'm definitely not that far. I feel like I'd, I'd kept up with you pretty well up until mm -hmm. um, last time, but I've definitely fallen off a little bit. So uh, that sounds impressive. What level are you now? How many hours have you played? Um, I'm at the 83 hour mark. I think oh, okay. I'm like... You've doubled high, me then. You've doubled I think me. I'm like high 70s maybe. Redan gave me quite a few levels, uh, which was great. Right, right. Um, But anyway, that is a cool fight. I'm going to maybe naively assume that that's like kind of roughly the halfway mark. Um, It seems like maybe some significant things have happened and he's actually such a cool uh story and like plot point yeah um to do with radon and, and the whole radon festival so it kind of felt like the game's been leading up to that uh for a little bit very interesting where i'm at i've actually never heard of radon i just uh ah. <laughs> i'm pretty well, sure I he's, a, he's a pretty cool guy yeah, i'm you. sure he's, he he's a big deal sure he's, he's gonna a, probably beat the shit out of me a few he's times he's the guy in the trailer with the ridiculously small horse and let me tell oh. you this like the big like red mane like liony mm, kind mm -hmm. of motif guy mm. with tiny teeny tiny little horse and let me <laughs> tell you this is one of my favorite from soft things ever there is an actual reason to explain how he rides a ridiculously small horse compared to how big his body is there's a reason for that okay. <laughs> like it is dumb it is silly but like there's an explanation that they make sure to tell you <laughs> interesting okay I'm, I'm i'm gonna look out for that in like specifically yeah. as i play um, mm -hmm. For those who are wondering where I am, I am at the, what's it, Lucernia, Lake Lucernia. There's the oh, school okay. there, like, what's it yeah. called? The uh, academy. Yeah, and I'm academy. at the room yeah. where there's all the casters and the pot in the mm -hmm. left-hand corner. And anyone else yeah. that's been there, you know that room sucks. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. that's where and I'm you, at. Yeah, you, you told me the other day that you were there, and I knew exactly what that room looks like. Um, that is a cool area. It's terrifying. Oh, I like it. It's cool. It's, um, it's a nice armor set I found in there right under a tombstone. Yeah, um, as you put your yeah. armor, yeah. Mm -hmm. It was very clean, surprisingly, where to where I found it. But um, yeah, looking good. I finally feel like I'm at the part I, I where I'm like, my character finally looks cool, you know? Like, I don't have yeah. just sort of some generic leather pants and, and like a frying pan on my head or something. Like, I actually have like a cool skull thing and, you know, robes that make it look like I'm not too scared to post a screenshot here or there of my character. <laughs> uh, man, some yeah. of them are so cool you see online. Now that people are kind of finishing the game and getting towards like the mm -hmm. end of it you see some of those armors people post and you're like holy crap yeah yeah i feel the same like i feel like i look cool but i also feel like 
equally as important. I have a bunch of like really dumb looking outfits that sometimes I'll just <laughs> wear for fun. And like if I ever like I have outfits set up for like this is me traveling on a good day. And then like, oh, I'm going to like meet a friend. This is my like dumbass <laughs> outfit for meeting a friend. Right. OK, um, <laughs> nice. Um, we'll we'll check in again next episode on Elden Ring. It's going to become a rotating start of the show, I think. Elden Ring check-in for, <laughs> for at least a couple of weeks. I love it. So, yeah. um, But anyway, we'll get into the rest of the show here now. Of course, we'll get into housekeeping first, which is that we combined our top 25 favorite games each into one <laughs> mega uh, tier list of the top 25 official Circles and Squares games of all time on our last episode and so i definitely urge you to go and watch that one especially if you have the chance if you usually are a podcast listener it is a good one to watch on video as well because we have the tier list sort of up as we're working on it and i think the visual really helps um alongside the audio if you can so uh, go show that video some views if you can if you if you're interested in looking at that um, and look out for the news show to make a regular return next week. Um, we're sort of mixing those together this week. It's really a throwback episode for episode yeah, 53. This, this is a this is a classic OG Circles and Squares. Uh, before we split the shows, game. we, we uh, mm-hmm. used to do this all the time, but it's going to be the games we're playing to start the show off. Uh, second segment is the news segment of the show, which is going to be very big this week because we're talking about the new PlayStation Plus uh, revamp. And then we're closing the show, as we always do, with listener mail. And we got a really good question this week about um, challenges and puzzles in games. So really looking forward to that at the end of the show. Um, But let's start off with the games we've been playing. And Kate, for PlayStation Plus this month, we both (laughs) played some of the amazing kart racer. That is Sonic Team Racing. Um, Now, you played this multiplayer a little bit. I did, And I took an interesting route, which was that I actually beat the single player campaign Mm -hmm. by myself. Um, uh, something I'm partially regretting doing now, considering how long it took, but you know, I, I did it. I have a weird compulsion to beat stuff. Um, anyway, what did you think of Sonic, uh, team racing? I know we're giving it a little bit of flack, but I I mean, it's not terrible. You know what? So I, I, yeah, like you mentioned, I have the bias of, I only played multiplayer and I think this game benefits heavily, Mm. um, from a multiplayer aspect because, what makes this unique as a kart racer as opposed to something like Mario Kart is it's teams of three. And so like they have mechanics set up specifically for like when you're following behind one of your teammates, um, you can like you go in there like stream, I guess is what it's called. Yeah, it's like and you so, draft like, behind them. Sort of yeah, thing, and right? so like it actually speeds you up a little bit. And there's also like mechanics for like giving your item pickups to your teammates instead of using them yourself. And then they get a little bit stronger when you swap them. And so I think those mechanics are really fun to play with someone. So we played we played two cups. Like granted we didn't play a hell of a lot of the game. Right, but we right. played two cups and we played the first cup um on opposing teams. And that was kind of fun. Um but we played the second cup on the same team and we had a much better experience because it was like, oh, you know, mm-hmm. like let's take the right path and like go with, you know, one person's like right behind there, take the right path, we'll go on the stream and like, oh, I've got this item, like, do you want it? And so there was that kind of like, I could see it being actually like a neat strategy to try yeah. to like play around those like multiplayer aspects more so than just something in Mario Kart where like you just finish first and second because like you're just racing, but it's 
kind exactly. of irrelevant to what the other person's doing. Yeah, I remember we used to play Mario Kart that way, especially when we were younger of like, okay, we got first yeah. and second, like let's yeah. let's like make sure we're defending this. Like I won't drop a banana from first, but if you're in second, like make sure you mm -hmm. shoot at the enemies and stuff like that. So it's, it's cool that this game sort of takes that concept because I'm sure we're not the only people to have done stuff like that and actually give it sort of that team dynamic. Which is really yeah. cool. Like I was just hearing you talk about the, the way you guys work together doing that. Like I think it would be really cool if there was a way, even if you played online or something, where like all the teams there was like no CPUs and so you were you were literally mm -hmm. a team. Like that actually sounds like a really cool concept. Yeah. That would be really neat. And you could put you in a voice chat like just with your other two uh like players. Like that would be genuinely really good. And on the idea of getting rid of the NPCs, I'm just gonna tell you the NPCs are wild in this game. Like I don't know how it assigns like how each character is good, but like Mario Kart did that too. I feel like it just randomly assigns like, okay, yeah. you're kind of shit. Like you're okay. You're pretty good because they tend to wind up in like similar placings at the end of every match. Mm -hmm. But it was so funny. Whatever happened, like my team. So Zane and I, my buddy and I, we, we came like first and second every match because we just played on normal and like, it's not an extremely difficult game on normal in like just free play. And my teammates would come like, yeah, I'm at like fourth and seventh. They were pretty decent. And then Zane, Zane had Amy and Sonic on his team and they would come like, like bottom of the table every single time. They were just <laughs> such garbage. They let him down. And my teammates are like fourth, no problem. His teammates being like ninth and like 11th. <laughs> and That's just brutal. consistently shit. And he was like, this is so unfair because he's um, not losing by any like this the way the standings work i guess we didn't really explain is like your, right. your team finishes based on every like first is worth a certain amount of points seconds worth a certain amount of points but then mm -hmm. your team's three totals get added together so you can get completely tanked like this happened to me in single player a couple yeah. times too where i'm like okay you know i'm in this cup with my team like we're trying to beat this challenge to beat this part of the story mode and it's like well i came in first but my team came in like one middle of the pack and one at the bottom and i'm like well i guess i guess i lose yeah i guess you're fucked yeah so like which is which is like a cool thing when you're all playing together but sucks when your npc is just like just terrible and there's nothing you can do to make them better mm -hmm, mm -hmm. um but it was really funny too and in the like screen after the match it like shows the points kind of like filling up and in, in like your little like rece reciprocal and like it shows each person's points like zoop, there's sonic and like boop, there's amy and it's like fucking nothing. right nothing yeah <laughs> like, <embarrassing. laughs> and so like, it just really gives you a clear like that person's not pulling their weight mm -hmm, mm -hmm. how did you feel um, about the game's controls and like the items and stuff like that like to, to me it, i got really used to it like it's really generous with the drifting i yeah. feel like you can drift any mm -hmm. corner you want you can drift on straightaways like it's super easy to do that kind of thing like um the items i felt like some of them were i mean they were they're just kind of what you expect like pretty standard right i think the, the cool thing about the items is just like the missile gets upgraded if you pass it to your teammates so mm -hmm. there's incentive to actually use those mechanics but the driving to me is definitely like i mean it's weird to compare kart racer games driving but to me mario kart just feels that little bit more like you're actually kind of stuck to the road and you have a bit more control and this is very slippery and sort of yeah drift focused i would say yeah, so what I what I think would make this interesting if you want to play it like slightly above casually is the team mechanics. I don't think I don't think you're going to get a lot out of it playing solo because in something like Mario Kart, you have a little bit more of like like a crunchy mechanic to play with and like their skill ceiling I think on the actual racing is higher mm -hmm, versus definitely. this game like like you said it's very forgiving. I mean, there's obviously like 
ways that you would be able to improve, but I don't think it's it's to the caliber that Mario Kart offers. But what I think is interesting in a competitive sense for this game is those team mechanics. And so I think like it would be cool to have this game show up in like a tournament somewhere, even just like get some buddies it would be together. Cool, get yeah, like 12, 12 buddies and like have a little tournament because I think it really would feel like you could succeed based on strategy more so in this game, whereas Mario Kart, so you'd succeed more so on on pure skill mm-hmm. um but yeah i think you hit the nail on the head like it, it's cool it's got some really good ideas but it's definitely a lot more simplified just in the actual the way the game feels to control mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so i want to tell you a bit about the single player mode because my experience mm-hmm. definitely i think wasn't i mean i love kart racing games right which is why i yeah. decided i was going to play this and you know i didn't really want to play multiplayer so i i decided i was going to do the story and i just I, for some reason, it just compelled me. Like, it was a really good podcast game or I was watching a hockey game or whatever and would kind of play this in the background. But <laughs> I noticed some really weird stuff about the single player, which to me feels felt like super underbaked. Like, the there's not enough courses. So it's split into worlds, right? Like, you know, if you're playing, like, Mario, Super Mario World, you'll have, like, World mm-hmm. 1, World 2, and there's, like, levels within that. Yeah. So this yeah, game one, has one, that. One, two, <clears throat> exactly. Yeah. This game has that, and something that I really like about it is that the different challenges you're kind of moving along the map are all, there's some variety to them, right? Like, it's not all just racing. Some of them are, like, um, there's, like, elimination races, so at a certain point, oh, okay. the, the team with the least combined score will get eliminated, so it's, like, even if you're in second, if your team's sucking, I know that's a frustrating thing, but at the same time, it's, like, in theory, <laughs> right. kind of cool. It's a cool. It's a cool idea. Yeah, it's, in theory, kind of cool, and there's other ones where there's, like, these robots on the track, and you have to shoot them with the the missiles you get and so you're you know doing like time trial kind of stuff like that too and so there's some nice variety but what i began to notice once i got sort of halfway through is that these these courses are are repeating in later worlds like you'd be playing the same Uh... track again but it's mirrored this time or that some this time instead of doing a normal race you're playing the same track but it's a time trial or there's sort of a like a boss character you need to race and it's and it just sort of to get really repetitive because in other kart races it's like you know the first cup it just has four races and then you go to the next world and it's like the you know a different four, theme. One, four new races right yeah. four new races, and not even just that but also going back to like mario world if you have that game you know you're in the first world and it's like the mushroom kingdom second world underwater third world it's a desert mm-hmm. so these world maps are also themed towards different okay. weather types and biomes so i i read i kind of realized this when i was in the desert and there's like a sand level i'm racing on but then because it's reusing the same courses every time the world maps are not really themed towards anything other than right, just yeah. being like a background that you're sort of moving your car along like it would be really cool if there was four different desert levels and you got to race them in the desert but it's really just ended up being a background for like right whatever it's t- just type in- of... incredibly like not cohesive yeah it really felt like it was missing that like it was almost you... like they didn't have enough tracks or or yeah do you think maybe that was intentional and then they just realized that they had half the amount of tracks they needed and no. like ran out of money <laughs> i mean i it could be a lot of things right it could be a lot of yeah. things it could be that they just hoped a lot of people wouldn't mind about it maybe it was maybe it was focused to the story like there's little cutscenes where like sonic will come and say something before the race and there there is like a story but i mean i skipped over all of it i i wasn't about to to care too much about what you, know. you can't tell me the sonic team racing no <laughs> no I, i'm sorry i can't i can't but it was just it was just kind of disjointed and felt kind of like this could just be a menu of like races that i need to fight like there was it didn't really need a whole world map and and whatnot and 
I don't know. Mm-hmm. It, it just felt like really underdone to me. And I think like if I had have played it, you can play a multiplayer too. And I think maybe had you go through it on like a, a hardest setting with like a teammate or like, you know, two people playing with you, it, it could be maybe more fun than I had. But I, um, I think I was a victim of like, this isn't the greatest <laughs> single player plus playing by yourself, eh, you know, mm-hmm. pretty average to me. Yeah, I mean it's it's never good when you walk away from a game and your your statement was I I felt like a victim. <laughs> <laughs> right, right, yeah. Yeah, that's that's usually not good. Yeah. I mean, I, I think it's one of those games where it's a fun PS Plus game because it's like a fun night of couch co op to play with mm. a friend. Um, am I gonna go out and buy this game or play more of it? Probably not. <laughs> yeah, fair, fair. But I mean, um, yeah, like you said, it's fun for PS Plus. It's fun like if you're having people over, you don't, you know, you want to play some game. Like you don't have a Nintendo Switch or something. You don't have another game like this. Like it, it's fun for a night. I think you could have a good time. Yeah, um, absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Well, I think there, there's one last pinnacle of Sonic Team Racing that we haven't touched on yet. But I know this was the main thing that you told me about that encouraged me to play was actually okay. the voice lines in this game. Oh this my dialogue, god. You might not have gotten into the lore, but my god, is the dialogue just fantastic in this game. So It gets so repetitive, Kate. It's so repetitive. So no matter what you're doing, as you're racing, the characters are constantly just spewing, just vomiting voice they lines. They need you to you know they're on your team. They're like, I'm coming up on oh. your slipstream. Like, get me a boost. Yeah. So your your teammates are just constantly telling you things. You're constantly saying things. Every person you drive by or every item you interact with has some like voice line and they're so cheesy and so funny. And I can imagine after more than two hours of the game, it's horrific. Oh my but God. For the first two hours, it's hilarious. Well, that's one of the reasons I told you I played a lot of, with like a hockey game on or something on a podcast because mm-hmm. I just wanted to mute the voices. <laughs> Yeah. Um yeah, that's fair. It reminded me of um that vampire game. Yeah. If you remember right. of like running down a corridor and he's like, I gotta get out of here. And it's like the only way you can go is to run down this straight corridor and you're like running as fast as you can. He's like, I'm not gonna make it. I gotta go. And like, he just doesn't <laughs> stop. Um but anyway, I have prepared for fun for you uh, a quick five point quiz. Oh god, okay. Just because I you know, after playing the game, like we laughed at a couple lines that we heard, and then I wanted to see, you know, what other lines we maybe missed out on not experiencing all the characters sure in all of its glory and so i've got five lines and i just want to see if you can match up which oh, who says what says okay let's do it line. let's do it um so here's the first line and also it's just fun for you guys at home just to see the caliber of, of some of these things here um so the first one is road schmodes i ain't slowing down <laughs> holy shit okay that's gonna be shadow because it's, it's really edgy right like shadow yeah it's gotta okay. be shadow and he's also a speed character like we didn't talk about there's different like theater heavy all right. Or, yeah all right yeah yeah that that's pretty uh good guess but you're wrong it's knuckles <laughs> <sighs> okay the okay. second edgiest character yeah um all right this next one is mama told me there'd be days like this what kind of thing to say is mama that? told me mama told me there'd be days like this which character has a mom i don't know do any of them can um, have family i mean that's a good question there's probably answers to that question that i'm not going to investigate uh, right maybe I will if you listen to the lore of the game this is what you mm-hmm, missed out mm-hmm. on it must be a character that i never played as because i haven't heard that line so i'm gonna guess okay. there's a lot of characters i never played as though that's the problem um i'm gonna go with big the cat Oh, that's actually a good guess. It was Rouge. Oh, damn. <laughs> you know, I, yeah. My, that was my um, next right. guess. This is a tough quiz. Tough quiz. But I think this one maybe you'll get. It's, I can feel those G's. 
thanks. <laughs> like when someone gives you a speed boost. Okay, okay. That's going to be... Uh, ooh, I'll say it's Tails because he's a scientist. You are correct. You All are right. correct. All right. uh, okay, so pulling it back, pulling it back. See if you can go even. Uh, your next line is, ouch, right in the kisser. <laughs> <laughs> My personal favorite line. Oh, obviously. man, yeah. You, they must have had uh, a lot of thought behind that line. Uh, I'll go with... I'll tell um, you, this is a real fan favorite. In the I'll kisser. I'll say right that's Robotnik. Oh, are you sure? Sure, it's a real fan favorite, this character. I mean, yeah, I'll go with Robotnik. I have no idea. Okay, it's it's Vector, the the crocodile, I want to yeah, say. Yeah, damn it, from Sonic yeah, Heroes. Yeah, that guy, that guy everybody knows. Um, yeah. And then one last one. Uh, so long, suckers. <laughs> oh, that's Sonic. Yeah. Am I right? Okay. Sonic. Okay, I yeah, did play Sonic a, a little bit. Sonic. Yeah, I remember that. Okay. Mm -hmm. Not so bad. What I get? Two out of five. Okay, two out of five. Not terrible. I say that's a pass, honestly. That's Thank a you. pass. Thank you that's very much. Pass. Congratulations. Okay, let me tell you about a different gameplay. Let's move. Let's move to the next thing here. Um, mm -hmm. We've raced past Sonic, and I'm going to tell you about Link. Because... So long, suckers, to Sonic. I say. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> right, Lake's in first place now. Um, so Lake, this is the game we saw a couple of years ago come out, and it's the one where you are a mail person, mail delivery. You're going around that small town. It takes place in the 70s, so it's got a really nice kind of retro vibe, retro art style. You know, all those kinds of. It's like mm -hmm. pre-cell phone, pre-internet, uh, you know, all yeah. that kind of stuff. Yeah, so, a very small town kind of feel. Very it, small right? town. And so the way I would describe it is actually kind of similar to something like Stardew Valley and its premise where you're like leaving the big city and the game has a lot of themes of like slowing down and like, you're, you know, other things come before work or like burning yourself out working at um, your job. So she's coming from, in Stardew Valley, you're coming like you're like a software developer, you're coming to farm. In this game, you're a you're a girl. Her name is Meredith, and she um, moves from the big city. She works at like a you know burgeoning tech company or something, and she comes to take over her dad's mail delivery job for a couple of weeks where her parents go on vacation. And so the mm -hmm. whole thing of the game, like all you're doing is you are going to the post office every morning. You pick up your mail truck. You have your delivery list, and you're just driving. The city is like kind of a big. There's a residential area on one side, but the whole thing encircles a big, beautiful, it's really beautiful scenery. Like there's a lake in the middle and that's why it's called Lake. And so mm -hmm. you're just sort of delivering the mail every day for two weeks, getting to know the townspeople, sort of um, helping them with their concerns. Like there's one lady whose cat gets sick because she's a crazy cat lady and you've got to take her cat in your mail truck and deliver it to another guy because he knows about animals, you know, just these mm -hmm. types of little, little, um, interactions i guess that you get and some are stronger than others like there's a couple couple people you get to know pretty well um one girl who runs a video store which is really cool to go in and, and see like an old school kind of video mm -hmm. rental place um and then there's another guy who's sort of a lumberjack and you see him quite a bit my personal favorite is there's a guy who runs a farm but out of the farm he also has a radio broadcast station so i see him being kind of like us where we have other stuff we do and then we do a <laughs> podcast yeah um, so he's a farmer but he he's a radio guy and and so every morning actually when you get in your news truck he has sort of like a radio show that comes on and he mm -hmm. updates you about he has like a show about like gossip around the town or something so someone will come on and, and make a statement and then he'll be like okay and the weather will be you know rainy this morning and then sunny in the afternoon and then he'll put the music on and the rest of the, your drive for the day you'll have music and so you kind of get into this routine of like okay what are my deliveries this morning you know am i going to do the residential place first or do i feel like driving out sort of into the forest and going to visit remote houses like it's just a really super chill game where you get to 
sort of have these interactions with people. A little bit, you know, hit and miss here and there, but, but as far as like the depth of what you do mm -hmm. with them. But the I just loved the little bit of time I got to sink into this game. It was almost like taking a real break. Like she's taking a break from her stressful job and I was taking a break from playing other stressful games to play Lake. <laughs> yeah, th this game looks really neat to me. I remember when it was unveiled and just something about it. I don't know, maybe it was the art style. Maybe it's just there's that like beauty in doing those mundane things in a way right like to me this game looks very peaceful and mm -hmm. and yeah. even with the story of like how how the character gets into involved in being in this small community but it's just that idea of like just kind of taking a breather and a step back from everything and like it's weird because in real life i'd never want to be a male person and to right, drive right, like a male yeah. car right and it seems just like such a boring job and it's like not anything i would ever pursue but there's something about playing it in a game that's just so wholesome and so like peaceful in the like how mundane it is and i love that there's so many games like this like unpacking is another one that i really want to play <laughs> and like just so many little experiences that are there's something about video games can capture that no other medium really does mm -hmm, mm -hmm. i think it's because the amount of time you spend right like i spent two weeks if, i mean each day isn't that long but i was delivering mm -hmm. mail for four or five hours of the Largely, that's all I did, and it was it was great. You know, you're you're 100 right. It's not a perfect game. I think that obviously it's one of those. It's like a fairly smaller budget indie, right? Like you're gonna see not mm -hmm. the not the greatest graphics sometimes on a lot of the textures and like the way your character moves is is very slow. Like I, one thing I wish you could have is the walking speed could be increased because sometimes you have to drive up. There's this one guy in particular that has a super long driveway. And you can only mm -hmm. go so far because he, you know, the way his house is set up. And so you have to park your car, go around the back, open the back, get his box out, then carry the box all the way kind of up this driveway. And it's just, and then you got to walk all the way back down. And I'm just like, oh, give me like a, a jog, you know, like something mm -hmm. just, just, uh, you know, little, little qualities of life where it's like, I guess, you know, I'm sure they talked about adding a jog, but was that something that was cut or something like that, you know? That being said, mm -hmm. they do have a lot of really nice stuff in there as well. Like there's actually four sort of fast travel points around the lake. If you have, you know, one really out of the way delivery and you don't want to drive all the way because you've made that drive a few times, you can sort of teleport yourself there. And there's also an auto driving thing too, where you can just set your destination and the truck will just go and you can just enjoy the game. It's actually pretty cool. I did that one time too. I was like, oh, I'm going to just, you know, I got to check my phone for a second. So I just yeah. put it on auto drive. <laughs> kind of cool yeah yeah they had that feature in uh, red dead redemption 2 as well mm -hmm, you mm -hmm. could just like cinema it was called cinematic mode and it would like zoom the camera out and, and give you these like really nice angles and just yeah. watch your horse like drive or run yeah. along the plains it's awesome so yeah. the the other the only last thing i have to say about the game is, which is kind of cool is that it, it, it does have an element of sort of choose your own adventure in a way not with most of what goes on in the game but as you sort of get to know everyone during the day there's always a cutscene at night after you finish your work where you can either sometimes someone mm -hmm. will call you on the phone and be like do you want to come and you know do this activity with me sometimes you'll just watch tv sometimes your parents will call you or your boss will call you and he's always about to say like oh we're about to get our next big breakthrough you know we're going to make millions. Yeah, are you coming back? Are yeah. you coming back? And so you're talking to your parents, you're talking to your boss. And then eventually you sort of get these three options at the end and you can either return back to your previous job, have, you know, this big cash windfall coming towards you because apparently something really good just happened. You can do that. You can sort of, you know, stay at the lake a little longer uh, vaguely, or you can um, decide to kind of go off and have your own adventure and do neither of those things. And so um there's a few npcs attached with each of those options too and, and it you know it gives you a bit to think about because you do get to know some of these people 
and it, it was really wholesome i think is what you said earlier and that's definitely what i took away from um i think if you can get past a bit of a slow pace thing and just take it for what it is um like a nice little break this is a, a really awesome game i would recommend for people mm-hmm. for sure great game pass Game Pass, Game Pass. Game yeah. Pass. But yeah, even, I even without Game Pass, I think it's like I think it's like fifteen bucks or something. And and I yeah. personally think like I think it's it was worth purchase. it for fifteen bucks for sure. If uh if that's what you can find it for something in that area. Um mm-hmm. personally. Um we have one other game to talk about, Kate, and this was a fun one. So I recently went back and I played a game that you and I had both played quite a bit uh, when we were younger, which is what? Star Fox sixty four. Because I finally got that uh, Switch mm-hmm. Online subscription, and before I tell you anything about my experience, I just want to know, like, how do you remember this game? Like, do you do you think it would be good today? Um, I think. Well, that's a tough question to answer. Sure. I remember Star Fox sixty four very fondly. Um, the first few things that come to mind. So I remember really liking the levels that you, because there's two types of levels. I think I remember. There's like the boss fight ones where you're kind of like in a somewhat restricted yeah. space and half of the half of the gameplay of that is like driving to the invisible barrier and like doing a cool flip to turn around. I very distinctly remember that maneuver. Uh, and then the other ones are the ones where you're kind of like flying like through the level, like not really on rails, but like. In yeah, I mean, it's on thing. rails, but you got some. Yeah, you kind of have options. You sort of take the right path yeah. or the left path and you're flying through those hoops. Um, I remember that. I remember that Slippy's always dying at all times, no matter what. <laughs> um, no matter how good you are. Uh, Falco is like such an edgelord. Oh, he is. Oh. I can confirm that. Um, yeah, but every now and again, he might start dying too. And then all of a sudden, Fox, help me. So... Uh, I remember that. I mean, this is the quintessential do a barrel roll. That's where this comes from, right? Yep, it is. I did my barrel roll too. Let me tell you, I did a lot of barrel rolls. You got to do useful. at least one. Very useful. Um, I remember it being fun. Like I remember really liking this game, and like the whole like space like ship combat is not my thing. Mm-hmm. But I loved this game. Oh, they have metal legs. I remember that too. Don't they? Yeah, they do. I didn't know that until much later, though. Yeah, I didn't know that until much later. Um. But yeah, like I think this game would still be fun. Like I bet it looks horrible, but I guarantee <laughs> it's still really fun. Like I can picture, um, like you can think of like the the green like square reticle you had, and yeah, it would yeah. kind of like turn with your ship as yeah. you went. Exactly. And yeah. You had like your main fire, and then you had like like a boost, like a rocket shot. You had the bombs. Yeah. Fire, the bombs. bombs. Yeah. So you know what? The way you're describing it is exactly how I felt about it before I played. And it's exactly mm-hmm. how I feel about it now. It's the same game. And I think yeah. it holds up incredibly well. The graphics look like garbage. Hmm? I remember this guy too. The big monkey. Oh, Andros, the final up. boss. Yeah. I, uh, final boss. Try his hands, right? Yeah, exactly. And then he starts yeah. sucking you in. Like he yeah. blows all those those uh, meteors at you and then you suck them back in his mouth. Right. And yeah. then the all the times you've been going out of bounds and doing your cool flip, you actually have to do it in that boss fight, right? To get away from him. Um, I, so funny story. I actually figured out another way. I just like hit the brake and sort of went to the side of his mouth and he wasn't able to get oh, me. I don't think we ever once did I don't that. think so either. I, I don't think so either. Yeah, like zoom the other way and like do the flip thing. Yeah, I don't, I, I guess part of the reason is because the controls are different on the Switch, right? Like the, the C stick isn't oh. the same. So you have to kind of do this weird combination of holding R and like pushing some other buttons. I just basically didn't use a lot of those. 
But yeah, what you're saying, the game holds up super well. Besides the graphics, obviously N64 doesn't look so good. But it's still super fun. The controls are actually like really responsive and like the game itself is such a short game, right? Like it's almost like a like an arcade style thing where you do like eight levels in a row and then you get a high score mm-hmm. at the end. And so I just did like one one run through of the end, you know, you get to see which path you get depending if you get the secret exits. Um, you know, Right, because there was a there was some variation in like routes you could take through the game, right? It was often like, you know, choose one of these two planets, mm-hmm. and then that would like give you a, a, a new way through the path. Yeah, and, like, exactly. And and then one of the some of the levels had the landmaster tank, which I made sure to get one landmaster level in there. So I right, drove that thing right. around, and I forgot you could like make it boost from side to side, and if you pushed both boosts on the tank, you would hover in place a little bit off the ground. Mm-hmm. Just really cool stuff like that. It was like tons of little blasts from the past of like oh i remember this level you know and then the the way rob or whoever in the ship would say like good luck before the the game but i could never understand what they said when i was a kid um yeah i had just a great time going back to visit and i will tell you it was a lot um well at first i thought the game was a lot easier than i remembered it like you you mentioned slippy dying all the time or like i didn't have a single character die until I was nearly at the very end. Like I was able to defend them pretty well. They always call out, you know, a fox, help me, like whatever. And then you'll kill the guy chasing them and they're fine. But I'll tell you, the last couple levels of this game are hard as nails, or at least the ones I chose. Like it spikes so hard um, in a way that I wasn't expecting. One level in particular where it's one of those sort of arena matches and then Star Wolf shows up. So you're like fighting off a bunch of ships. Star Wolf shows up with his crew and then you're also trying to take out this like ship core or whatever it just gets really overwhelming and especially at that time mm-hmm. i was down i think one of my people had died and i was just like oh my god like i'm actually getting like overrun in Star Fox. i wasn't expecting this <laughs> um but it was just i had a great time going back i love that it was super short um and now i'm onto paper mario which i'll tell you about next time because i will say something that game is oh my god i'm sucked in with yeah. paper mario what an experience that game is is like an absolute nostalgia trip Hundred percent. Um. Yeah. Anyway, if you're looking for nostalgia and if you're you know hesitant about the N64 stuff, if you played Star Fox 64 as a kid, I hundred percent recommend going back and just experiencing that again. One thing I didn't expect, and I will end on this. There's so you're talking about voice lines with Sonic and some of the things yeah. the characters say. In this game, Slippy literally has a line where, and it's very PG, right? The whole time, it's you know even mm-hmm. Falco's like not. There's no swearing or really anything close to it, yeah. except for this one line that Slippy has. Where she calls, or Slippy a boy or a girl? I don't even know. I think Slippy's a girl. I don't. Okay, well, know. Slippy says Slippy calls for someone's carcass. What? <laughs> Slippy's like, I'll have your carcass or something. <laughs> like, I was so caught off guard. Like, what kind of line is that? Um, that's so funny. Crazy. I feel like I feel like maybe that's a translation thing, and like yeah. maybe carcass. I feel like carcass could almost be the like, like censored version of the line because it's like, oh, it's a very like you know like yeah. anatomy term right yeah it's not like it's it's not like it's anywhere like a bad word or anything but it was just really jarring to hear one of them say mm-hmm. that in a game where they've said nothing remotely offensive or like yeah you know quickly at all so funny. So, yeah Flippy is a boy by the way okay that's that's what Makes i thought i wonder if peppy peppy hairs also no peppy's i think they're all boys because this was they're the 90s boys. and no one cared about right. including women okay. yet yeah i think as a kid i always thought slippy was a girl and i, I maybe that's what i thought too He's a little bit of like a higher voice, maybe. Mm-hmm. I think Slippy's younger. Is yeah. Knows, anyway, rookie. he's the he's the inventor and the mechanic of the team, and he's he's a oh, toad. That's great. 
Um, mm-hmm. Let's scream. He's let's nineteen, talk... so yeah. he's nineteen. Okay, that's right. That's what I. Thought. Or eighteen. It's it's hard to tell. He must have a birthday partway <laughs> through Star Fox sixty-four. <laughs> right when they get to uh, Corneria, he is. Yeah, birthday. that's right. He's celebrating. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, that's what we've been playing for this week. Uh, stick check again for next time for uh, I guess Paper Mario. I've committed to that now, so we'll uh, we'll we'll get to that one in the future. <laughs> Um, right now, Kate, let's pivot. It's news time because we have to talk about the brand new PlayStation Plus subscription revamping. Um, and I'd like to start us off with just some math, actually, because I've gone through and... No, math. <laughs> not math. I promise it's not too <laughs> not bad, math. folks. Okay. But, well, actually, maybe we shouldn't start with the math. Essentially, PlayStation Plus and PlayStation Now, um, as known, one, this is the PlayStation Spartacus thing, right? They're mm-hmm. now being put together into one service, as is the rumor that we've been hearing while and so according to this website that i'm on mobile syrup especially because it's canadian getting to the pricing of this um just going to run over quickly what the new structure is for everyone so we're all playing on the same with the same rules okay so when this starts i believe it's starting later this summer um playstation plus essential is the first level of this new tier system which is exactly the same as current playstation plus so nothing Mm -hmm. will change for people in that situation Aside from maybe some price stuff, as we'll get to later. Um, the next middle tier of the three tiers is PlayStation Plus Extra, where you get all the normal perks, plus, quote, up to 400 PlayStation 4 and PlayStation 5 downloadable games from first and third party studios. And then, um, so that's the part basically rolling in a lot of PlayStation Now functionality and PS Plus, the same mm-hmm. subscription. And then PlayStation Premium, you get all of that, plus up to th- up to 340, which is weird. What if they get to 340 games and then did they take one off? If they get 341, like that's kind of weird. But anyway, up to 340 games, including PS3 games, which you can only stream, not download. And then a catalog of, quote, beloved catalog, or a catalog of beloved classic games from PS1, 2, and PSP, which can be streamed and downloaded. As well as uh, limited time game trials, which is interesting. Um, because they don't really say what kind of games for. Um, but anyway, that's a lot of information. Basically, mm-hmm. there is the regular PS Plus, then there's going to be sort of a sort of a PS4 and PS5 PS Now tier, and then that's the way I'm looking at it. And then the the yeah. final tier is like PS Now for retro retro stuff, stuff as yeah. well as game trials. Yeah. So it's a lot to take in, like I said. But all in all. I mean, how do you feel about these different tiers? Do you feel like they laid it out sort of correctly? Yeah, I think these are like the three tiers that I think make the most sense. I adore the essential tier because whenever stuff like this happens or something gets revamped, there's always that fear that like it's just going to inherently suck more mm-hmm. for people who have like been a part of like the original system. So like I am super... Th- I want to say thankful, but honestly, it would have just been like, they, I think they fucked up if it wasn't the case. Like, I think right, they kind yeah, of yeah. had to do this. And so I'm glad that they did do the essential. I think the extra and the premium, like, make sense as tiers because, like, the extra just seems like what most people would want if they want a subscription style service. And then I think that the premium is, like, really cool for people who want the retro. But I feel like because the retro is a little more niche, I like that it's mm-hmm. separate. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I would agree with that. I think, um, I think the, the as far as like what you get at each tier, the one thing that doesn't make a lot of sense to me, and it's very nitpicky, so it's not really a big deal, is that the trials are only for the highest tier <laughs> subscriber. Yeah, because 
two things. Number one, like just make trials for everyone. The more people that try your game, you're going to get more feedback and you're also going to get more people who are going to play it, like it and buy it. So it doesn't really make sense. And especially for me, like the for the premium tier, like the only people who are going to buy that premium tier are going to be the most hardcore fans, right? You would you would think. Mm-hmm. So those people are probably already going to buy the games that you're giving them trials for. So why not just add that into a cheaper yeah. cheaper side of it? It's also just kind of, yeah, it's kind of just a strange thing. And then also, like, what are the trials for? Because if the mm-hmm. games are just, like, included that you can stream, why do you have a trial? So are the trials for games that are not in Well, I thought they would be for games that PS aren't out Plus? yet. Oh, for games, I guess so. But it just seems kind of weird. Like, why do you need a trial when you can just right. stream the game as part of your subscription anyway? See, this is confusing. Right? Even right now, you and I are confused about what the trials are for. Uh, yeah. Very strange. So let's talk about the price of all of this before we right. break it all down, because that is where it gets a little bit interesting. <clears throat> there is um, a note on here that says at at launch. Um, so anyone who has the base subscription will, or a PlayStation Now subscription will just get the base tier of this at no additional fee. At, at no additional fee, and they say at launch. So in the future, mm-hmm. they're leaving wiggle room to maybe make the whole thing more expensive or hopefully make it cheaper. Who knows? But let's talk about the price of it, okay? Because I did some math, like I said. Yeah, so yeah. I'm judging yeah. by now. These are again. I'm on mobile syrup for a certain reason because they've done their best to estimate the Canadian prices. Um, they didn't actually announce an official Canadian price point, but they're just extrapolating based on the U.S. It should be around these kind of things we're going to talk about. So, um, currently for PlayStation Plus, one month is eleven ninety nine, twelve bucks, and PlayStation mm-hmm. Now currently for one month is. Uh, Twelve ninety nine, so it's a buck more for some reason. <laughs> Why do I make it different? Who knows? But that's the way it is. So essentially, right now, if you're subscribing to PS Plus and PS Now for one month, you're paying about twenty five bucks Canadian. Right, but that's only, and that's keep in mind, that's only if you're paying on a monthly. It's only monthly, right? Because when you buy the year, it gets significantly cheaper. Right, and that's a trend that continues onto their new pricing plans as well. Yeah. Because as I'm looking at this right now, what they have, um, the essentials, the same price. So the essential, you're basically paying. You're getting just PS Plus for twelve bucks again, but then when you go up to the the extra, it's going to be about twenty bucks a month or nineteen seventy five. Eighteen seventy five is what they have for PS Plus extra. So technically, that's going to be the combination of what PS Plus currently is plus PS Now. So if you take that in combination right now, that's twenty five bucks. And if you're that looking for that kind of thing, the the extra tier would actually probably save a lot of those people a few yeah. dollars a month. It actually saves you. It's I actually think. a bit if it, cheaper. If it's twelve and like thirteen, right? Like, yeah, right. Right. So it's going to be about six or seven bucks cheaper if you're paying yeah. monthly for the middle one. The last tier is about twenty two fifty a month. They're saying for us <clears throat> for the premium. So and obviously they all get a lot cheaper. Like premium for an annual is one fifty. Um, then the middle one is one twenty five, and then PS Plus. I think what is it, sixty or seventy bucks for the year for us right now? Yeah. So it, it's seventy, like- I think. Yeah, sixty nine ninety nine right here. Yeah, so for mm-hmm. for us to get, um, it's about. So if you're buying the yearly, the extra, which is going to be like the upgrade, is like just about ten dollars a month. And mm-hmm. the what we're currently paying right now for PS Plus and what would be the essential tier, is um, like, uh, so it's it's seventy. We said we're doing right? math on the fly here. Now. Yeah, it's about it's about like just under six dollars. So it's only like. Four dollars more per month for the to premium upgrade to the extra 
from right 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 yeah so it's actually a pretty good deal like i personally i don't know where you're standing on this i feel like i i will right now probably get the extra as like my main tier like and this is a big caveat like we haven't talked about yet is that they just haven't told us what a lot of the games coming to this are they said um uh, in their blog post that they they mentioned a few games here they listed here death stranding god of war marvel spider-man spider-man miles morales mortal kombat 11 and returnal which is yeah that's awesome i'd I would love to play those games on this service, but buy it for Eternal. It's worth you know. it. Buy it for Eternal. <laughs> well, fair. I mean, if I get this Returnal yeah. through this service, like I purposely haven't bought Returnal now, even though I was going to, because I want to try it through this now, right? But yeah. I mean, it just depends. Are are we going to have a lot more games like that coming in the future? Is this just kind of going to be like the PlayStation Picks thing we got on PS5, where they gave us that big list of great games, but they haven't added to it at all, which is fine because it was a bonus. But this is the mm-hmm. kind of service if you're paying a subscription annually or monthly that you you do want them to add to this. You know, this has got to be sort of a living, breathing service. And what is that going to look like long term? Like, are first party games going to come to this? I know they're not going to come day and date like on xbox but right. like a, a year later when when or when god of war finally comes to pc like it's on steam now is that when it might come to this service like a couple of years later uh, that's the stuff we don't know mm-hmm. yeah and that's what i think it comes down to right like you can talk all you want about tiers and and how much it's going to cost but at the end of the day like that information's irrelevant until you know what the actual product is um so I, I think I'm personally in the camp of being like relatively optimistic. If it's four extra dollars mm-hmm. a month for me to upgrade to the extra and get quote unquote 400 games worth of stuff, then like, I mean, like I'm not like that's that's such an easy choice, right? Like mm-hmm. I'm most likely going to do it. The only way I see not doing it is if the selection's not very good and yeah. I end up getting Game Pass instead because I don't think I would buy this and Game Pass. Like I think one subscription is enough for me. Right, yeah. I like it to be this one because um I'm already paying for PS Plus essential, so like it's just easier to put it all together into right. one subscription. Um but at the same time like Game, Game Pass is such a good value and I can play it on my PC. And like, right. as I always say, if you can be a privileged person and have a nice PC and a PlayStation as your console, that's the way to do it because you've access to everything. Right, exactly. Then it, It's going to come but, down to the library. Yeah, like yeah. That, that's the thing with, with this one though, especially like it's the kind of thing where even if you didn't stick with the extra, like why not start with it and at least play Miles Morales and Spider-Man and Returnal yeah. and God of War and all these games. And if they don't add to it, then just change down to the, the essential one, right? Or- yeah, I think that's another good thing too is how easy is it for, for it to change? Like, can I buy a year of extra and then six months in decide I'm not really using it. I want to go down to essential and like- I wonder, that's wait, a good question. Get some money back for it. So I think if it's like really flexible in that way, that would be awesome. And like, the other thing I'm wondering too is like, I don't think I've ever once paid full price for PS a year of PS Plus. Right, yeah, yeah, it's always on sale. On sale. And so I wonder like, Will it still be on sale all the time? And like, can I get extra at the like, you know, 20% off at all times? Right. Like I used to get essential? That's a good question, actually. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, I'm sure they'll still have sales. Like, I mean, Xbox, not to, I mean, it's obviously not the same thing, but they, they have Game Pass for a buck sometimes for three months. Like you, obviously I don't think Sony would do that, but I could see it being like, you know, it's, it's Boxing Day sale, 15% off or, you know, they yeah. do that kind of thing. The other thing, too, that we haven't talked about yet is PS3 games are still streaming only, which is just crazy. Like, I know there's a lot of talk about 
oh, it's this, the different processor they used and those games are built differently. But it's like, man, it's 2022. Like people, people have PS3 emulators on their computers. Like you're the company that made this console. Why can we not download and play these games on our PS5? Like I don't even, we're not even asking to put the disc in it. Like just let us download. I don't understand why you can't download a, a digital game and, and play and maybe it like this, that. This might be a naive question. I'm obviously not a hardware expert, but right. is PlayStation 3 harder to like, like PS1, PS2, and PSP can be downloaded. Is that yeah? Is PS3 like a lot harder to? No, do it is. That? Well, that's the thing. The yeah, reason why it's always had a problem with PS3 is because the the system itself had a different like type of processor okay. in it than has been used in other game consoles, and that's okay. why originally like there was a lot of it was very expensive when it first came out, and like right. you know there was that whole thing going on, and then also a lot of the games have been hard to go back and sort of retroactively make playable like that's why there's been no ps4 wasn't backwards compatible with ps3 because they had like a totally different um like processor or something i'm obviously really dumbing this down because i don't understand it much either but (laughs) i know like ps4 ps5 are built on very similar um hardware so they're kind of very compatible and then when you go back to ps2 ps1 it's almost like those things were so basic that they're just sort of they're very retro and PS3 sort of falls in that middle ground of like, it's still modern enough, but it uses this way different right. technology. And so, yeah. But at okay. the same time, it's like people are emulating this on computers still. Like there's got to be some type of PS3 emulator they could get us to install on our PS5. Right. And they're, have this they're, work. Pulling, they're pulling a Nintendo right now where the it's emulators are it's not working. Um, it's just brutal. Yeah. Interesting. Do you think the premium is something that you would ever be interested in? And like... It depends. Like to me, I'm not super drawn to to playing a lot of the old stuff. Like occasionally, I'll want to go back and at, play. Like, oh, that'd be cool to you know. We went back and and on PS One and we played Crash Bash. But maybe yeah. once a year or twice a year, I go back and really want to play something older. Um, and, and again, it turns out it would depend what that catalog is. Like if they have one thing I really want to do is I want to go back and play through some of the metal gear games for example like right. i've said i've said that on the show it's like that's the classic playstation franchise that i've not played much of so i'd like to go back and try them out and there's not really a great way to do that if they were on this service like i could see myself using something like this to download those games and play them but i don't know i don't see myself getting enough value out of, sort right. of retro and stuff that's, that's where the flexibility comes in like can you just bump up for a month right and, yeah like, that's play the thing that, play the games you wanted for a month and then go back that's down the thing. and i think like that to me is is where like the value really comes in because like i am the kind of person where i typically tend to play less games but for longer periods of time right but like occasionally i would like to hop in there's a lot of games like lake you just talked about and like unpacking and like there's a lot of games i i've been wanting to get xbox um game pass for just to to play easily Mm -hmm. um and so like i would love to be able to bump up for a month and play a couple of those like smaller indie titles or even just if there's one big game that you know is on there like gardens of the galaxy for example would be one of them i really want to play and if i could go back down when i'm not using it that would be so incredibly nice because it's like well i'm gonna put, i'm in the elden ring like slog like for the next however long like i'm 82 hours in i think maybe i'm about halfway. you only got like 755 yeah. more to go exactly and so like i don't want to be paying for the subscription while a game like elden rings out and like you know, when, when a game like that comes out that, that I really prioritize, I don't need all this. I don't need 400 yeah. games because yeah. I want to play one game for 80 hours. But then, you know, like next month when I'm done, can I come back, please? Like, will you accept me back exactly. into your life 
extra. And I so... mean, to me, it would make sense letting people do that, right? Because the whole idea yeah. is they want you to use the service and to like it enough to move your subscription up and up and up. So by yeah. by letting someone like you who's like, oh, I'd, I'd well, like to, you know, be on one of the lower tiers, maybe bump it up. It's like they yeah. want you to do I would I would assume they would want you to do that. And eventually you'd be like, oh, this is so great. Maybe I'll just keep my subscription. I do this well, all the time. And I agree with you. And I think that's the user friendly method. And so I hope that's the case. But subscriptions make the most money out of people who pay for them and don't use them. Like right. think of how much money gyms make because people sign up and then they have this like gym membership and then they just stop yeah. going. They're like, they don't cancel because like, what if they might want to go back? And so like, yeah, bumping up, probably no problem. That's hella flexible. But to bump to down, bump down is the problem. Right? Yeah. It's like, you know, how many people are going to just pay for the higher tier because they've got it and like maybe they'll use it later. Yeah. And well, so, you know, that's the whole I, to me, that's the whole reason. Like what you said is the whole reason they've even redone the system in the first place is because not enough people are using PlayStation now. So they're like, well, if we just, you know, add a couple of these perks, like merge them together, then the people that only use PlayStation now will come over and, you know, put people in the same place and actually use those subscriptions because I don't think they were getting mm -hmm. the numbers from people now at all that they would have wanted. Like people just didn't talk about it. Whereas PlayStation yeah. Plus is a very popular and like almost everyone that has a PlayStation uses plus if not for the yeah. games then to play online. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So we'll see. I mean, I think yeah. this is a good framework. I'm happy with this framework, but obviously there's a lot more to be seen. I think that's a great summary. Framework is good. Pricing actually seems like reasonable yeah, depending what you get. I think it just comes down to what are the games and that's what we'll find out together folks on this lovely podcast in the coming week. Um, but for now, let's talk about PlayStation Plus in a different way because we got the April games announced the other day. Um, and so our lovely subscribers for PlayStation Plus can get Hood, Outlaw, and Legends, SpongeBob, Battle for Bikini Bottom Rehydrated, and our beloved, beloved Slay the Spire, Kate. I'm so excited. No, no, everyone, I don't need it in more places in Everyone <laughs> plays Slay the Spire right now. Um, yeah. But yeah, interesting week. I mean, Slay the Spire aside, I should say month, not week. Um, People really loved SpongeBob Battle for Bikini Bottom for, I think it's one of those nostalgia picks, right? Like we always talk about Sonic Adventure 2 Battle. This is a remake of a game sort of from that era, like a mascot platformer. And apparently it's pretty good. So I don't think I'm going to play it. I'm not a big SpongeBob person. I'm probably going to play more Slay the Spire myself. Uh, <laughs> I don't know where you're at with that. Um, what does Hood do for you? Do you have any interest? That's like that PVE sort of heist game we saw a, few, a year or two ago on the... Uh, it was coming out i don't think it really did too well yeah i i feel like this game like first of all hood is just kind of like a it's got a very generic fantasy name and also like i never see anyone talk about it so i mm. i wasn't even sure what it was at first um i mean it kind of looks cool this is the kind of game like if i can get some people to play with i'd like to give it a shot going in solo seems less than ideal yeah i, don't, I think it's like a like a game where you need to have a team, you know, like it's a PVP sort of thing, like your squad versus another squad who can go in and rob stuff from a castle first where there's AI guards sort of guarding it, sort of like Robin yeah. Hood, right? Yeah, it's PVPVE. Mm -hmm. Not get too complicated. Um, <laughs> but like it, it seems kind of cool. Like it does seem like it's got some potential. Um, I just don't know how much it replaces like other social games. That's I'm the playing. problem. Yeah. And then. Yeah, Slay the Spire. I'm, I'm, my, my addiction. It's a dangerous, like, dangerous game. I used to feel you know that what? way. That was my Maple Story thing for the longest time. Yeah. That's been replaced now by Slay the Spire. 
Yeah, I'm I'm through that era of my life. Um, I think the other thing too is like I just have everything on like the only thing I could see going back to this is like the most fun about Slay the Spire to me was like unlocking everything and yeah. like seeing all the new cards and like I know what they all are. Like I know what I'm getting. There's nothing new to see. Like if I'm gonna play more Slay the Spire, it's modded on PC where like I can be Hollow Knight and like cool stuff like that. Yeah. Um, this isn't gonna get me SpongeBob. Yeah, I just I don't know. We miss SpongeBob as kids. <laughs> we did. And, I know that's I blasphemous, everyone. People, I know that's blasphemous. Yeah. But I respect that other people love it, but I've just um it's too late for me, you know? Like I was talking to <laughs> someone about back. I was talking to someone about this and I was saying, like, for those that didn't grow up with him, he's extremely grating. Like he's he's funny if you have the nostalgia factor for him, but if you're just coming into him for the first time, it's like, oh my god, get away. He's just a little bit loud. Like mm -hmm. it's it's a lot to take in. And like I've been told <laughs> we're pretty quiet. Shows, so. like, I've been told the show's like, you know, it's well written. It's sure. got some clever humor. And, and I'm sure I, it I is. Like, I'm sure it is. It does. I don't doubt that it does. But it's like, imagine pitching The Office to someone and the only character you have to show them is season one Michael. That's a hard sell. <laughs> That's a hard sell. <laughs> right? Like, you don't get to show them like where he grows as a character or any of the supporting cast. It's just like hang out with season one Michael. And that's that's tough. Thank you for that analogy. I'm going to use that all the time now. Thank you so, so much. True. <laughs> all right, let's get to our last news story, which is a quick short one, but it's something worth mentioning, which is that PlayStation has a new studio coming to the family. This is um, pretty old news, actually, but we just haven't had a news show um, due to the schedule being screwed up. So I just wanted to bring attention to it that PlayStation has um, brought Haven Studio on as a first party studio. So for those that don't know, this is the one that um, was started by Jade Raymond a couple of years ago. Um, she is of the success from Naughty Dog and um, other games. I think she was with Assassin's Creed for quite a while at the start of that series as well. But mm -hmm. they're working on a blockbuster AAA game, which sounds very exciting and ambitious. Um, I believe Jade was actually previously working with Google Stadia, which she was hired to one, run one of their first party studios. But then that whole thing tanked and <laughs> basically fell off the cliff uh, before it even started. So I guess the PlayStation was working alongside publishing whatever game they're working on and, and liked what it looked like and so they just decided mm -hmm. hey you know what why don't we work together permanently and this is this is the result so um it seems like it will mean a better game will be made by haven at very least because we'll sort of have that playstation backing but any any thoughts i mean it's not something that i'm extremely familiar with um mm -hmm. it's just another one in the machine yes, <laughs> as far that's as right. that's concerned um, that's right. but I, you know what i i like their studio name um yeah. Jade Raymond, I know, is like a really beloved person in the industry. So, yeah. The the one part that's interesting tidbit, and I will mention, is it's a AAA mm -hmm. um, multiplayer game they're talking about, right? Very okay. interesting in the wake of Sony buying Bungie, who has a oh, very extensive right. knowledge on AAA multiplayer. And so I wonder how much um, assistance they might get working together with something along those lines. We'll see. It's interesting because I think Bungie's still pretty separate. Like I think yeah. Bungie's acquisition was very much like Bungie's going to do Bungie things, and so well, sure. give them money, right? <laughs> sure. So. But all, uh, but at the same time, it's like they obviously have a really really strong grasp of like how to run. What are the ways that we monetize a game right. as a service, AAA multiplayer type of thing? Right. How do yeah, we make they, people want to come back? Yeah, they might sit you know. next to each other at the cafeteria every every now and exactly. again and, and share some you know, tips. Share those tips on a sticky note, passing yeah. notes back and forth. Like that's the kind of yeah. thing that makes it like to me, I'm more excited for a AAA multiplayer coming from a studio like this that has sort of that support rather than, you mm -hmm. know, some studio started by itself that it doesn't really have anyone with them yeah. looking for the same thing. 
And I, I will say as a little tidbit, she worked on a lot of Assassin's Creed stuff. Assassin's Creed, I think two, mm-hmm. I want to say, had that like multiplayer online mode. And it was oh, right. genuinely like one of the best parts of Assassin's Creed. It was so fun. It was basically like you all got into like Venice or like wherever it was set. And you all picked like you had like 10 different characters you could be of various different like disguises or like character models within the game and you just had to like you all got a mark and had to assassinate each other but you had to like pick them out from the crowd of npcs that also looked like them right and like the only way to do that the only actual like mechanic in the game was just like to see if they looked like they weren't npcs (laughs) and were like doing like like running around like like humans so you'd spend the majority of the match just like trying to blend in with crowds and not look like like spinning your camera around looking for people that were doing weird stuff (laughs) exactly and it was like it was like fascinating so like you'd be trying to find your mark and like if you saw them you might want to like break into a run to get them but like you know, you don't know yeah, someone's been idea, tailing though. you for the last five Damn. minutes as so, well. And so, not to get too too so far cool. into this, but there, was there like a time limit on this, or because I could see that just going um, for hours? I think there was. I think it was like whoever could get the most assassinations in uh, like a certain amount of time. Okay, but yeah, it was it was actually super cool. That sounds like um, fun. I think I heard about yeah. that, but I never played it. So what a miss! Yeah, what a miss fun. for me. Mm-hmm. Um, we're coming towards the end of the show here, Kate, but we do have to finish off with our annual tradition or not annual showly tradition. Every show listener mail. Uh, we have a great question here today. Kate, do you have it open? We can read it out. I our listeners do. I do indeed. So this comes from, um, a fan favorite of our show. And I, okay. I, that, that actually sounds like I'm saying he loves our show, which I hope is true, but I meant that in the reverse. Like we, we, uh, right. we love you back. So you're welcome. Uh, we didn't spoil uh, the game for you last episode. I did that's see the right. comment. We didn't spoil the game for you last time. So <laughs> we're going to answer your question today, Jonah. Um, and he's asked when faced with a challenge or a puzzle in a video game, what's more important and satisfying to you solution or completion? That is to say, if you're fighting a boss, what brings more joy? Figuring out the patterns of attacks and the best strategy or or actually killing it. Or in Breath of the Wild, figuring out what you need to do in a shrine or completing it and getting your shard. So basically, is it the journey or is it the um, the the destination? destination? I guess that's destination, right? Same thing. Um, wow. I've thought a lot about this. You know, like r slash shower thoughts where there's people Mm -hmm. that just kind of think obscure mm-hmm. things and post them i've yeah. that's i've been like shower thoughting this question for the better part of the last day <laughs> and i'm breaking it down because i think this is very complicated um mm-hmm. or it can be maybe then maybe that's just me um how do you feel do you have any instant thoughts uh i want to go with Im- immediately take the coward's answer and say a good game will make both of those things <laughs> it will make it satisfying to complete and also give you right. a good reward um, in general, though, I think I'm definitely drawn more towards the um, solution mm-hmm. versus the completion side of it. Um, I definitely do get the completionist feeling in a lot of games, um, but it's more so like I don't want to miss game, miss things in the game versus like I have to get everything. I don't know that if that's what sense. he's talking about here. I think he's talking about like if there's a hard boss in a game, are you more satisfied by like... So you're learning a boss pattern like in Elden Ring, you're fighting Gregon, right? Is it more (laughs) satisfying for you to figure out how to dodge his attacks Mm -hmm. and then like have that click moment of like, oh, I finally figured out how to dodge that or the feeling when you finally complete the fight? 
Well, I think it's I think it's both, right? Because I think that's it. And then the Breath of Wild example, it's like, did you enjoy figuring out the shrine puzzle, or did you like get excited when you got the reward at the end? Right, right, right. So but he's not saying completing like every shrine. He's just saying, yeah, yeah. I get okay. We're yeah. talking about two different things. And so, I mean, you bring up Elden Ring, and that's exactly <laughs> where my mind goes with stuff like this. And like, Radon, Radon is okay. Radon's not the best example because uh, I was as I elegantly had been discussing with some friends, if my kind of favorite boss in the game, like Godric, is an elegant dance, Radon is a mosh pit. Right. Um, but to use Elden Ring boss as an example, I just love fighting them. I love going in, being unprepared, underleveled, not utilizing all my resources, and just I'll fight them for three hours if that's what it takes to beat them as long as I'm having fun. Mm -hmm. And like I typically tend towards games like that where I get a lot of enjoyment out of like learning the patterns and getting the timings and like dodge it, dodge it, dodge it. And like it becomes a rhythm. And I like to explain those games as like a beautiful dance that I'm participating in. And so like, of course, it feels amazing to finally win. Like it feels so good to get that W, especially when it's been a difficult challenge or especially when you go in and you're like, I'm going to try this, this slightly different strategy. And then that ends up working because you were, you were clever. Um, But at the end of the day, like I just, I could do it for hours and fight like certain bosses. It's so fun. Like memorize. So you're definitely more solution. Like you like to. I'm definitely more the solution. If, If I had to pick, I see the value in both. And I think it's always a combination, but. Yeah, I, I that's the important thing. Solution. It's always a combination. Mm-hmm. But see, I've been breaking it down. And like, to me, this is an unanswerable question because it completely depends on what the game is that I'm playing. Like, mm-hmm. if I'm playing a puzzle game, then I have figuring out, like, I, I use this as an example as like, um, like Phoenix Wright, you know? Like, mm-hmm. Phoenix Wright to me is way more satisfying for its solution rather than completing it because it's, yeah. such, a, it's such a satisfying moment to be like, oh my God. Like I yeah. had this evidence, I figured out like, oh my God, this is how he killed him. Like it's this, this yeah, little piece just, of text here or something, right? Clicks. Like yeah. it clicks and it's so great. But then when you, like, that's the moment that, that you get excited there. And then when you kind of put the evidence in and you complete the task, you you get that payoff. But the real payoff to me is, is having that aha moment mm-hmm. with the, with the evidence that I'm playing. Whereas, mm-hmm. whereas for me, it's like. In, to use Elden Ring as an example, or like games like that, see, just action games in general. Mm-hmm. I'll use Metroid Dread as an example. That's a okay. salient one, and we don't have to talk about the same games over. Mm-hmm. Um, Metroid is a very similar to Elden Ring, actually, where you're memorizing the attack patterns of the bosses yep. and you're executing on it, and you're eventually killing the boss. But in in an action game, to me, completion is way more satisfying than figuring out the solution because, well, I, I should back up. It's a. This is where it gets shower thoughty, right? Because yeah, um, completing a hard boss to me is so satisfying because you're like, oh my god, I can't believe I got through it. Like I'm, I'm done. I beat it. And there's a level of like you have to figure out the patterns within that. But then there's this weird thing that can happen to me, where when I figure out the solution in an action game, but I'm not yet able to execute the the completion part of it. Right. It's actually becomes extremely unsatisfying and becomes very frustrating. Mm-hmm. Because it's like, I understand how I'm supposed to do this, but I haven't been able to do it yet. Or like, right. I had this other thing. The same thing happened in like Donkey Kong Tropical Freeze I talked about a few episodes ago, where it's like, we're on this difficult platforming section. And it's like, I know I need to jump here. I just mistimed the jump and I've died. And it's like, that's that's like a whole other area of this where it's like, <laughs> knowing the solution actually makes the completion frustrating until you get there. And 
can be like a slippery slope type of deal too. Yeah, that's that's fair. And I would say like platformers are like that for me sometimes, yeah. right? Like I have the old like crash um yeah, oh my I'm god, like, oh yeah. my god, crash <laughs> one, some of those levels are just so, so punishing. Hard. And it's like yeah. I know I need to I know I have to like jump at the very last second on this like um like the ledge of this to make that jump but like it's just so hard to time it perfectly mm -hmm. and like yeah you just kind of want to you just you just want it to be over you want to get past this you don't have to do it anymore and you can do something different right yeah yeah and so like i i totally understand that i think for me how i approach this question is that like it's really dependent on the game but i think totally what is. makes it for me isn't what i enjoy more than the other but what i tend to prioritize playing games mm -hmm. so for me like i tend to play and my favorite games are the games that are the solution where the solution is the most fun right and so i think that helps me answer the question as in terms of like what i would prioritize yeah and i think that happens too like to me as well like your solution versus completion is like if you want to talk about like a like a game with a really in-depth story or something like lake which i just talked about before like to me there's not really a solution because there's not really a, a problem, mm -hmm. but, but getting to the end of the game and seeing the completion probably isn't as interesting as the solution of like meeting people as you go and getting to know the people in the town. So I don't know mm -hmm. if that's like a really great comparison, but, but um, like the journey was more important than the destination when it came to yeah. life. And now, yeah, that's interesting. Okay, and so we have games like Breath of the Wild. And I'm going to throw in like Mario Odyssey as another good game for this. Yeah. Where like Breath of the Wild, you you go through like 1,700,000 shrines and Korok seeds and all those little things. And it's very much just like, here's another one. Here's another one. Yeah. Here's another one. They're yeah. very bite-sized and you're just like amassing this massive amount of things. And same with Mario Odyssey, right? It's like, you yeah, know, the like, stars. here's 900 moons. And so... Does that change it in a game like that? That's a game that's kind of built around collectibles. Well, I mean, I think this is where we're defining completion different <laughs> because I don't think he's talking right. about getting everything in a game. I think he's talking about with a specific puzzle, is it more satisfying to have that click moment in your head of like, yeah, I figured out how to do this now. I just need to go and execute it or is actually getting through it and doing it more interesting right i guess i'm yeah. extrapolating on that because like what makes the reward satisfying is i got another one right, right? Yeah, and yeah. so like yeah to extrapolate that it's kind of like you are collecting them it's an individual yeah well i mean if we're if we're talking about completing a list of collectibles then that's instantly a yeah. big for me because i don't give a fuck about collecting anything in yeah. any game <laughs> almost <Yeah>. ever <laughs> goodbye 600 assassin's creed feathers yeah i don't care yeah. I, interesting thing just to end off actually because i think we've i mean i don't really have any more points to me my my cop-out answer is just it depends on it depends on the game it's as yeah, simple as that um for me but one interesting thing about breath of the wild i heard somewhere that apparently there's like more korok seeds in that game than you actually need because they want you to like not have to meticulously comb the environment and like find them all. They want you to just yeah. naturally happen upon enough to to be able to get what you need without like searching like that, which yes, is interesting. That, that is the design philosophy of it. I think mm -hmm. there is actually something you can get if you get literally all of right, them, right. but it's like a joke item. I think it's just... I think it's like legitimately a piece of shit or something like that. Like, <laughs> That's interesting because yeah, I like, guess they know it's like this isn't really. Yeah, we, we know people, people will do this do because people will like want it 100%, but it's like not what you're supposed to do, I guess. That's yeah. interesting to me. I so just it's like, like. It's 
genuinely a joke but i think that's like good game design right because if you want to get like in a game like that that's so free to roam around like mario odyssey is a similar kind of idea right it's like you need to do the story in each world and you need to get like 30 moons to progress on but like okay there's 60 moons in this level go nuts that's interesting yeah that's a good comparison i never really thought about that anyway um (laughs) yeah interesting korok seed fact for everyone out um, yeah. If you would like to write in with a great question like Jonah did, please send your email to circlesandsquarespodcast at gmail.com. Um, or you can get in touch with us on Twitter, of course, as well, at CNSPod. Um, please let us know whether you prefer to solve the solution of a puzzle or actually complete whatever the task is in a game. Because I think this is like really an inarguable answer. Like it's really a mm-hmm. chicken or egg thing, you know, and part- partially because they're so intertwined, like with with how you play games and like what these really mean for each specific game you're playing like Elden Ring you have to you have to know the solution to complete it you can't complete it without knowing the solution like there's so much push and pull mm-hmm. so yeah write in let us know what you think it's a good question um we'll be back next week with the next episode of our news show um so who knows what studio PlayStation will have bought by then um or other PlayStation Plus information will have come out but feel free to check in with that when uh, we release that episode next week we'll see you all on that one